0: But, hey, we just want to—all right. Okay, so I can talk now. Awesome. Well, guys, welcome to our very first First Wednesday service of 2022. If you don't know, we do a First Wednesday service where we actually have live worship, which means we worship together, have a little prayer moment where we can just kind of get lost in His presence that's always the best Then after that, we do a little bit extended time of meet and greet. I just had some amazing conversations with our elders. I love you guys so much. It's so fun serving alongside them. They're such perfect role models in all of this. But we just want to welcome you guys that are online. We want to welcome you. We want to thank you guys for being here with us today. And so with all that said, I'm going to go ahead and get dived in. I just want to first remind you guys of something. I've kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'm just going to say it again for those who are online. All right, I'm going to say this again. For the last two months here at New Life, we'll let you guys know what we've been up to. All of January, all right, so from January 3, I think, it was the first, I can't remember the actual date, but the first week of January, we took off as a church as a body, and we began to pursue the Lord for 21 days. Everybody had their own little routine fast that they were going to do. We began to pursue him. You can feel the hunger in the room. People were pushing in for things. And then we ended that whole 21-day fast with a Freedom Weekend. Y'all remember that? Yeah. We did a Freedom Weekend, and oh, my gosh, what an amazing weekend. This is something that you have to know about freedom. You never can get enough of it. As long as there's breath in your body, there's always more room for freedom, right? So I'm so excited that we did that. Hearts felt so great. And then we went into what we called Revival Sundays. Revival Sundays were turning back to our passion, our zeal. We had different guest ministers, and I don't know if you guys online have enjoyed that, but different guest ministers, they came into our house, our house, from Louisiana, and they blessed us every Sunday. All right, so now where we are is that starting Sunday at 10 o'clock, we're going to the movies, okay? Just in case y'all know, we're going to the movies, and it's a free movie, and it's on the house. It's a matinee, and it starts at 10 o'clock, Right here at New Life Church. So all of you in online world, you are invited because you want to be here because we will not be online at all for three weeks because we will be at the movies. Free popcorn, just an amazing times. These are going to be some familiar blockbusters where we are going to begin to hear the gospel preached through the lens Of these movies and it's so much fun we had it last year we had a blast all right and so I know pastor Mario has some amazing movies up his sleeve I can't wait I'm all in I'll be there so invite your friends invite your neighbors your family members get here all right y'all understand that assignment Yes. yes you got it and speaking of understand the assignment that's a new phrase that people are using in this current generation they say this they understood the assignment and usually when you hear that this is what this means okay so i looked it up to try to make sure i'm properly articulating to you what this means so this new trending phrase among the generation understand the assignment means someone is giving 110% of whether they're of whatever they're doing and that means if they're wearing something someone is really on top of their games let me read this again it's a phrase used when someone is given 110 percent, whether it's what they're doing what they're wearing or someone is really on top of their stuff all right it is urban it's an urban word that says <laughs> understand the assignment or i understood the assignment. so let me give you guys some examples y'all ready All right, so an example is, I know a friend, this is a real friend, she's a mother, she has two girls and three boys. She didn't want it to even the score. She wanted to have another girl so she could have three girls and three boys. She tells her husband, husband, I need a baby girl. (laughs) Okay, ironically, currently she is pregnant right now and she has a baby girl, which now the score is even. What they would do is hashtag, he understood the assignment. (laughs) All right, here's another one. Um, If you all get invited to a party, all right, and the theme is to dress to impress, dress to the tens, and you walk in with all name brand shoes, pants, socks, excuse me, a belt, a shirt, a jacket, if you have on a fly hat, They would dub you and they would say, hashtag, you understand the assignment or you understood the assignment. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Here's another really good one. Suppose there is a single parent and they have kept putting off getting their degree in school. They kept putting it off and putting it off because things with kids kept coming up. Oh, every time this. But then they finally made the goal. And they didn't just make the goal. They had an honorable mention okay, what they would do is they would post that and they would say, hashtag, they understood the assignment. Y'all understand? Well, this is this new trend. This is what the generation is doing. They're wanting to go around praising everybody for their accomplishments. They're wanting to put everybody up and it's, it's a kind of a cool thing. It's no problem with that, but they're wanting to praise you. Yeah, you understood the assignment. So for all of you who are not that cool, And you didn't know, so that would be like me. I'm not really that cool. (laughs) When you hear them say it, you'll go, I got it. You understood the assignment. I actually feel like you guys in this room, some of my elders, you guys should just say it to a younger generation and watch them completely laugh at you. to be cool, but just say, I understood the assignment. (laughs) All right. But tonight we're going to read in Mark chapter 10. That's where our um, text is going to come from. We're going to pray and we're going to dive in. Are y'all ready? All right, so Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17, I'm reading out of the NLT. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, everybody say good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus looked and said, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother, and honor your father and mother. And the man replied, oh yes, I've done these since I was young. All right, tonight we're going to talk about this title, Understand the Assignment. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that as we are in this room and we are bringing ourselves to understand the word, the scriptures, that you would open up our hearts to your truth, to your revelation. Holy Spirit, you're already among us. You're already in this room. Prepare our hearts to hear from you. Speak directly to us. Don't let us settle, but let us continue to move forward in you. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so like I said, there is a we're talking about understand the assignment. All right, so kind of like you know, this is a trending word. It's very trendy. The thing about the culture is that they love trends. Y'all know people that jump on board with the trend in a heartbeat. All right, they love it. And pretty much all these trends are doing is that they are wanting to praise people who've accomplished some amazing task. They're wanting to praise someone who's achieved a certain notoriety or status, right? Or they're wanting to praise someone who's went above and beyond the call of duty. And that sounds like a pretty honorable thing to to praise, right? These people understand the assignment. But I want to take a moment and look at this man, the rich young ruler. I love the fact that the Bible gives him a headline this guy actually makes it into three of the gospels. I don't know if y'all know, he's in Matthew, he's in Mark, and he's in Luke. And he has his own headline in the Bible. Rich young ruler or rich man. (laughs) We don't know his name, but what we do know is he was rich. He understood the assignment here on earth. He was rich. Are y'all following? He was a rich man. We know that he earned his title and three of the Gospels. We also know by just reading through scriptures that he knew a lot of scriptures. Okay? All right? Because he says to to Jesus, oh, yeah, I've done all those things you've just said since I was young. So he was very familiar with scriptures. And we also know that he has lots of possessions. All right. I want to take some time and dive into these little scriptures. The reason why I had you guys to echo the good teacher is because this young man who is so successful, society has praised him, has given him this title. You you understood your assignment. You're so successful, man. You are doing it. Everybody could see it. But in him, he felt as if he fell short. He knew that something was missing, and he knew exactly where he needed to go to get it. The Bible says that he saw Jesus and he knelt down before him. Kneeling down is a sign of honor and reverence. If I kneel down before you, I am honoring you and I am given full reverence to know that this is this is a place where I need to go. I recognize you, Jesus, and this is where I'm going. Okay, Doesn't that kind of sound like us sometimes? We feel After all of the things we've worked so hard for, all of the accomplishments, there are still sometimes these longings in our heart that our accomplishments can't fulfill, but we know exactly where we need to go to get them fulfilled. So much more that people say, I need to go to church. You ever heard someone, I know what I need. I just need to go to church, which means they recognize where they need to go and reverently bow their knee. I'm going to the church. And then the Bible says it wasn't just enough that this rich young man just bowed his knee. He also identified God as good. It's important to know that in scriptures, I read this because it was so good in the Blue Letter Bible. It said that at this point, no person had ever referenced a rabbi or a teacher as good, meaning that when you've learned under this leadership and you've gotten everything that you need, you felt like, I am just as smart as the teacher. There's no need for me. This rich young man, he felt at this point, I've done and learned everything that I need to know. And But when he saw Jesus, he knew something about him was different. And instantly he came up to Jesus and he said, good teacher, I'm nailed down and I'm declaring you good. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm declaring that you're good. Meaning, and then Jesus looks at him and he goes, Why are you calling me good? He's trying to see if, do you understand why you are calling me good? Not because Jesus doesn't think the deity of who he is is good. He is trying to see if this guy really understands the words that are coming out of his mouth. Okay? Y'all following. All right, so this is all this rich man. So up until this point, he's like, yeah, good teacher. He's bowing down. He's doing all these things. And then here's where the story gets really interesting. All right? He asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or what, was, what, what must I do or shall I do? Meaning he felt like there was something he needed to work for. How do I get it? because I've gotten everything else I've learned real hard I've been able to make things happen on my own I've been working I've been grinding y'all know I've got my grind I've been working so hard I got this so how do I get it and so then Jesus begins to tell him all of these scriptures he said you know you should not murder you should not commit adultery you should not steal don't testify falsely you must not treat cheat anyone Honor your father and mother. And then guess what the guy looks at him and says, oh, yeah, I know that. I know. Now, could it be possible then that if we're all sitting in church or watching online, that we are full of scriptures and full of all the right answers and no one to do everything and we still not feel fulfilled? (laughs) Isn't that interesting? He said he knew all of that stuff. And he still was not fulfilled okay this is where your heart has to gauge and say why am I not being fulfilled the Bible says that Jesus had a genuine love for him this is where I would love to pick up in the next verse um, in the next uh, few verses starting in verse 21 chapter 10 verse 21 this is what Jesus says when we realize that we have all the right answers we have all the right words We know the right things to say, but still not feeling fulfilled. The Bible says Jesus was looking at the man and he felt genuine love, meaning I am moved with compassion and I love you enough to help you get out of this place. And this is what he says. Go and sell all of your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had many possessions. Jesus is not coming from a place that he needs what you have. He's coming from a place to give you what you don't have. Are y'all understand what you don't have? This guy, the Bible said he walked away sad. But he asked him, what must I do? Yeah. He came in and told him everything that he had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done all that stuff since I was little. I know, I know. You ever talk? They just know everything. Yeah, yeah, He's like, okay, I, I see your point, but now I'm going to give you something that you don't have. But he couldn't do it. So he walks out of the church, out of the meeting, receiving nothing. You know the thing that really gets me about the story? He doesn't even ask Jesus anything about what do you mean? selling. he just walks away, meaning I hear what you're saying. But instead of me trying to engage in a meet and greet moment, <laughs> instead of me trying to find out what he means, the Bible says that he just walks away. Never, ever to entertain because he felt that what he had was more valuable than what he needed. You see. I would have to say this young man did not understand the assignment, but the whole world applauds him, and forever we will read in three gospels that he was a rich young man. We don't know his name, but this is what we do know about him. He was rich, he knew a lot of scriptures, and he had a lot of possessions, and he walked away sad. The rich man. It's kind of a lot to think about. So... The world's agendas, if you haven't known, what he did was he became um, very prominent in the world. You know, he gained this status. You understood the assignment. He gained this status within the world. That's the world's agenda. But there's a place of great fulfillment that will never be found in the world's agenda. You can only find this when you cross over to the kingdom of God. Jesus was trying to teach him how to inherit two things, eternal life and purpose, two things that he knew he did not have. He just didn't know how to get it, and he wasn't willing to give up anything that he had to try to get it. Y'all know that that's kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's a really big deal. And the thing is, it's so easy for us to say, yeah, I can't believe he did that to Jesus. Well, be careful, like Mario say, because we can also be the same way. We can begin to say to ourselves, you don't know anything about my life tomorrow. You don't understand the stuff that I've walked through. The reason why I can't, engage in any of this stuff that you're asking because you don't understand where I come from you don't know my neck of the woods you don't understand all the successes my degrees that they, y'all know you have these people this is my career. I don't want to stoop that low and just give you all the stuff that I've worked hard for or all the drama and the experiences sometimes people experiences they feel like are way more important than the kingdom of God Or eternal life. It's like, well, and it's like, okay, well, you came to me feeling unfulfilled. You knelt down respectfully to the king. You talked to me. I moved with compassion, but you rejected the thing that I was offering you. Okay? So tonight I want to talk to you about three understood assignments that Christ is offering all of us today. If you're online, these are three things that he is offering you today, like right now, all right? The first thing is he is asking that you prioritize a kingdom assignment. It's important that we understand what the word kingdom means. A kingdom assignment is something that is greater than your agenda and what you have planned for your life. The kingdom of God is where we begin to experience the presence of God, where the great commission is being fulfilled. So that means I'm going into all the world. I'm making disciples. I'm baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You guys know this is this is righteousness, joy, and, and fill with the Holy Spirit, live in this. What is a, this is the kingdom of God. These are things that you cannot obtain in your own strength. You actually have to surrender in order to get into that, all right? So, what Jesus, so when Jesus said, I'm going to teach you or I'm going to give you internal life, he's saying, what I want to first off start with is let me just give you a piece. Let me just say, let me give you a little assignment. To help you prioritize my kingdom. Okay. Many times if you ask somebody today. Hey. Can you get to church at 930. So that you can pass out a flyer. That invites them to church at 1030 every Sunday. What Jesus is saying is that I'm giving you a piece of my kingdom. And it comes in the form of an invite card. And all you have to do is stand at the door at 10 o'clock and pass them out. Show up at 930, and at 10, you're just holding it and inviting people. (laughs) But for people who have lots or they feel like that is beneath them, they'll never show up. And that lets me know that they'll never prioritize an assignment that God has for them. They won't prioritize it. Y'all understand that it's simple. But it's the kingdom of God. So what happens is they walk away sad every time. You mean to tell me you're not going to just show up? This is something like this is not even that big of a deal. So let me tell you how you can prioritize things. First, you need to make room in your schedule. If there's something that needs to be done within the church, the church represents or should represent the kingdom of God. It should be where the presence of God is. It should be functioning where the Great Commission is actually flowing well. It, it should be a place where there, it's life-giving, it's building, it's uplifting, it's joyful field. That means this is the kingdom of God. I need to be a part of this. I need to prioritize my life to be in it. Okay? So my schedule. You go home and you look at your schedule and you go, This is a priority. They asked me to be at church at 930. I need to be there because they want me to do handouts. Done. And then what you have to do is eliminate excuses. You know we have those, oh, I had a long week. Oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, don't you understand? You have to be at a place where you tell yourself, I'm taking excuses off the table. I'm moving forward in this. And then you also have to follow through, meaning keeping your word. Perfect example, and I'm so excited that he's in the room, which I didn't doubt it, but Elder Joe is in the room. This is something that people don't know. Elder Joe comes to church at 9.30. (laughs) He shows up, comes to our little team rally. He's greeting people as they're coming in, and maybe at about 10.30, I'm not exactly sure the time, Elder Joe goes out. He counts cars in the parking lot. He checks on cars, makes sure everything looks good. Then he comes back in and he does a head count for us in the building then after that he comes up to the front and then he takes up offering and then him and a couple of guys that go in the back they count the money and oh they're so serious and everything is so accurate and they're putting all the you know he has prioritized this and when he can't make it he just finds somebody else that can help fill in that spot and he's not waiting until the last minute this is the person that says no i take this task pretty serious this is the person who's prioritized the kingdom of God. The question is, is how does that look in your life? How does it look in your life? Or are you just kind of like, oh, the church people always. No, but remember, you're wanting to be fulfilled. You're looking for fulfillment, but fulfillment is going to come with you serving a little piece of the kingdom, just a little bit. And you have to prioritize the kingdom of God. It feels like it's not that big of a deal, but it is. All right? I'm going to read Mark chapter 10, verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is actually easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded, meaning they're like, whoa, I've never thought about this. Then they thought, then who in the world can be saved? And Jesus said, as he looked at them intently, human speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible. Listen, it really is impossible When you come to the Lord and you think that what you have, what you have is to make his life great. But that's not how it works. It's what he has that makes your life great. This is an exchange that will dumbfound the world. Like they're dumbfound. That's why the disciples was like, oh my gosh, well then who can be saved? If you're not taking what I have. No, 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 no. I just want you to. Take a little bit of this priority and and I want to begin to speak to your heart. I want to begin to work with you with this little bit of priority, meaning just a little bit of the priority of this local church. I want to use that to help you find fulfillment just a little bit, just a little bit. All right. Like let's use the example Ruth and Naomi. Here's a familiar story. This is a woman that recognized speaking of Ruth. her life is hopeless what am i going back to i don't have anything so he she looks at this woman and say it's your god your god is always rescuing rescuing people your god is the one that's always opening doors your god is the one that's always providing i think i just should hitch my wagon to yours and move forward (laughs) so she does now she prioritized her whole world to be a part of this woman's life to serve her to serve her that's all she did Isn't that amazing? But in the process, if you read to the end of the story, this woman ends up marrying the billionaire. How did she get there? She doesn't know. All she did was follow this woman, serving God, the kingdom, and it it led her into places that she never thought she would go. So what I'm telling you is that You don't know what that little priority of you connecting to the local church, handing out some little push cards, going outside, counting some cars. I don't know, helping people find seats, coming to doing some announcements, singing on the little praise team. You don't ever know what that vehicle is leading you to because you can't lead yourself to it. God leads you to it. Amen. So then the second thing is, is Invest in the kingdom assignment. So the first one is prioritize a kingdom assignment. The second thing is invest a kingdom assignment. Invest in it. Every move of God that you will see means that somebody invested in it to make it move forward. Did y'all know that? Somebody has made an investment. I believe that these investments are heart-led. No one in their right mind just freely, I'm just going to give it. No, 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 no. They're heart led. When you begin to start prioritizing the kingdom, I believe God starts pulling on people's hearts and say, hey, you do this. And you're like, wait, what? You want me to do do that? And he's like, yeah, you do that. Well, why would I do that? I need you to make an investment. I need you to make an investment. Here's what an investment is. An investment is the dedication of an asset to attain an increase in value over a period of time. Investments requires a sacrifice of some present asset, such as time, money, or effort. In finances, the purpose of investing is to generate a return on the investment or the asset. Basically, what God is saying is that when you invest in the kingdom... You will get a return that rich young ruler left without knowing that hey if you invest your life I'm bringing you a return I always have a return as a matter of fact the Bible says this we'll read it in Mark chapter 10 verses 28 through 30 then Peter began to speak up well God we've given up everything to follow you and Jesus replied yes and I assure you of this that everyone who's given up house brother sister mother father children property for my sake And the good news you will receive in return, everybody say a hundred times. As many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property. All these things is what he's saying. Is that when you make an investment in me, baby, you best to believe that I'm giving it back to you 100 times. That means that this rich young ruler, he left and walked away sad, but he didn't even stay to hear the rest of what God had for him. Because he was so hung up on his own stuff, on his own life. And God is saying, listen, when you invest into my kingdom, you better know I'm packing. You're not going to give up something for God and him not turn around and give a return on an investment. The kingdom of God is the greatest investment that you would ever have. And honey, I'm not going to let anything stop me. There's a time in my life, I can still remember this. I was in college. And guys, I was in desperate need of a job. I remember one day a girl came into a room where I was and she said I needed an internship. All the rest of my classmates, they had an internship. This lady was on an assignment. She didn't even know. But she said, that, hey, my brother actually works as a part-time sports anchor. I can call him up right now and see if they need a job. Sure enough, she calls him up. He said, yeah, I think they're looking for somebody. And then I got in. In the local news station, I didn't have to go anywhere. They just had me come in. I'm like, this is crazy. Bam. That's because I learned how to prioritize the kingdom of God. But not to mention, when it was over, after spending about a year and a half interning there, I started realizing that my heart, something was changing. I kept thinking, God, I know I'm spending so much time investing in this, but I don't know how it's going to work. I don't... I don't understand how it's going to work because I feel like you're giving me these dreams and visions. and It's like I don't really know how it's going to work with me and news reporting. Right at the end of my graduation, I have so much influence at this point at this job. You can ask my mom. I remember the day after I graduated, all my little news anchor friends and reporters were sitting around a table. They're all excited for me. And I had mad connections to stay in this world. But I felt like in my heart... Something was changing. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was like, this is it. And I decided not to pursue them, but I began to pursue the Lord. I really felt like the Lord said, give it up. I was like, okay. I never even thought twice about it, honestly. I go and I see one of my spiritual leaders and I tell her. She looks at me and she was like, I have an idea. She sets up an interview for me, and in the interview was for the local church. Well, here's the good news. The church also had a news station where they would broadcast, so she offered me, hey, do you want to work in the news media here with the local church, or would you enjoy working in events? This is how I knew it was an investment. I closed my eyes completely to media world and went straight into events because I was like, this is the party. I want to be able to be a part of all the events at the church, which means at this point, not only you're going to just put me in one lane, I want to be in all the lanes. All the lanes and that's exactly what I began to do that one investment changed. so I stand here today not because I got myself here it was a vehicle long time ago because God knows your investments your heart knows the investments that you make and God knows the investments that you make and he puts you on a fast track to the place of great fulfillment that you can't put yourself amen y'all I know I'm preaching good (laughs) okay This is the investment that God has. God knows. Well, guess what? In investing, you have to know this. You are God's greatest investor for the kingdom. He ain't looking for nobody else. You are. He chooses to partner with you. He chooses to partner with Fong, Dana, Mario, Elder Tony, Tomorrow, Shanavia, Charlotte, Elder Tony, jasmine camden he chooses to partner with you you are his greatest investor and in the midst of you being the greatest investor you got to know that the investments that he wants they're going to be weighty he's not looking for you to just drop 50 cents in the bucket and keep moving oh no it's a heart thing it's a heart thing He, he wants the weighty thing that's in your heart give me that kind of like that rich young ruler I I want that right there because I'm going to show you how to have eternal life and I know that any investment toward the kingdom I'm packing a hundred times more than what you think you have I'm going to show you how to really understand the assignment (laughs) I'm going to show you how to really do it and not only that it's going to cost you something you got to know that investments they will cost you something So this last, so the first one is you want to prioritize a kingdom assignment. The next one is you want to invest in a kingdom assignment. And the last one is you want to embrace the kingdom assignment as your own. If you go back to Mark chapter 10 and verse 30, I purposely didn't keep reading the scripture because This is important. He said, you will receive in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. Okay. Now, it was getting good all the way up until that part. You're like, now wait. You mean to tell me there is persecution involved in this? And I don't know why we always automatically think that the persecution is coming like with rocks and sticks and people are getting ready to stone you. And in some cases, that is a reality, okay? But for maybe many of us Americans, it's going to come in a form of people disagreeing with you. And what you've invested in, things that you've prioritized and you've made a big deal like the kingdom of God. You're just spending all your time at the church. You're just giving all your money to those local missions. You you just every time I look up, you're just doing something else. I just you need to live a little. And the thing that they don't understand is that this persecution, when you take and embrace this kingdom assignment, this is what it does for you. It gives you a self fulfillment that you recognize they don't have, but you know you have it. Inside of you, there's a silent fulfillment that keep that makes you sleep at night in peace, you know you're in the right place, you're not worried about missing out on anything, y'all know, oh, am I doing the right thing? Well, guess what? This mind boggles people in the world. They're like, how is it that they are sleeping like a piece on a river? Why in the world is Jesus on the boat drooling on a pillow and we're in the storm? Because he felt fulfilled on the inside. Okay, what else does it do? It gives you a boldness to stand. This is when you begin to stand up for righteousness sake. You refuse to allow anything to come between you and the kingdom of God. That means I will put anything to flight to make sure I stand right where I am and I'm bold about it. Not everybody likes that. God gives you an authority. This last one, there's a generational blessing. Meaning like when you sincerely with a pure heart knows I'm embracing this, God takes care of your family and people that are around you, your jobs, your children, your home, things just strangely just begin to be blessed. That's what happens. It's your great example. There's an, a really popular movie that I think brings this home. We're getting ready to show a little five-minute clip in just a second, so that means if you're watching online, you're probably not gonna see a clear picture of this, but it's this movie called *Blindside*, And there's a part in the movie that in my opinion represents this whole idea of embracing the kingdom. There's this lady, she sees this abandoned boy, okay? He grows up in a home where his mom is addicted to drugs. He doesn't even really know who she is, Where well, he knows her, but she's in and out of crack houses, staying in so much trouble that he moves from house to house. Wait, so he's really displaced, okay? This woman sees him and she makes it her heart mission to help him. She goes in, but she's also this high, rich, fluty, beautiful woman, high society, meaning like they don't have anything to do with each other, you know. But she sees the need and she goes in. And But the problem is, is when she goes in, it takes her a little bit more, that investment, because now she brings them into her home and all this. This is really a true story. And so what I want to do is I want to pick you up to where she has completely Embrace this guy brought him into her home has changed the lifestyles of her family And I think this shows a perfect picture of what it means to embrace the assignment So that you can withstand the persecution. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and get them So we'll probably be dark for about five minutes online audience Who's winning? Yeah. Who are they playing? Clemson. Your mom roots against Tennessee, no matter who they play. Uh, yes I do. With gusto. She can't stand Tennessee. Collie Bell, I thought thought you were going over to your boyfriend's. Thought I'd hang around here for the day. Huh. I like that. Hey baby, there's a couple messages on the machine, but I didn't check them. All right. Hey Sean. Hey Dan. Cousin Bobby, happy New Year's. Listen, I've had about five cold ones. Of course, you have. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and ask. Did y'all know there's a colored boy in your Christmas cart? Uh, yeah. you what? <laughs> <laughs> you just looked teeny tiny next to him, <laughs> right? Like Jessica Lang and King God? <laughs> hey, does Michael get the family discount at Taco Bell? Because if he does, Sean's going to lose a few stores. <laughs> He's a good kid. Well, I say you make it official and just adopt him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's going to be 18 in a few months. Doesn't really make much sense to legally adopt. Leanne, is this some sort of white guilt thing? What will your daddy say? Um, Before or after he turns over in his grave. Daddy's been gone five years, Elaine. Make matters worse, you were at the funeral. Remember? You were Chanel in that... Awful black hat. Look, here's the deal. I don't need y'all to approve my choices, all right? But I do ask that you respect them. You have no idea what this boy's been through, and if this is gonna become some running diatribe, I can find an overpriced salad a lot closer to home. Leanne, I'm so sorry, we didn't intend to... No, we didn't, really. I think what you're doing is so great. To open up your home to him, and... You're changing that boy's life. No. He's changing mine. That's awesome for you, but what about Collins? What about Collins? Aren't you worried? I mean, even just a little... He's a boy, a large black boy, sleeping under the same roof. Shame on you. Be honest with me, okay? Does Michael being here make you uncomfortable? They're stupid kids. Who cares what they say? What kids? At school. They're juvenile. And what do the juvenile kids say? It's really not worth repeating. And don't worry about SJ. He likes all the attention. He introduces Michael as his big brother. What about you? It's fine. I mean, you can't just throw them out on the street. I can make other arrangements. Hi, Mike. Hi. Need a push? Yes. Ooh. Hi, my tire. <laughs> Where are you going? Collins. Quit looking at me like that. I mean, we studied together at home. movie gets me every time it gets me every time because the kingdom of God is what God uses to change you it's what he used to bring about that self-fulfillment that keeps bringing you back it's what he uses to give you a boldness just like the woman to begin to stand against the persecution within her own surroundings where people begin to judge you it's It's the generational blessing. Did you see how the daughter's life was changed completely because of her mom's embracing? Meaning, I'm not doing this for some notoriety. I'm not doing it for status. I don't care if my name ever gets called. I serve the kingdom of God because it changes who I am. It changes who I am. I love that one part when she said, those girls like, you're changing that boy's life. And she was like, no, he's changing my mind. The greatest desire or the greatest place of fulfillment is when you just say, God, I'm willing to prioritize these small little assignments. It's when you begin to say, God, I am willing to make the investments where you're pulling on my heart and they feel weighty, but I'm willing to throw it all in anyway. And then when you begin to say, I'm embracing this assignment as my own, I'm not doing this because Pastor Mario or tomorrow told me to do it or because my mom said to do it or because I feel, no, I'm doing this because I am getting the self-fulfillment that I need i am getting the boldness to begin to stand against the persecution that's coming my way and not only that but i'm coming for the generational blessing where my lineage my child and the children to come and anyone who would surround themselves around me will begin to be changed it's the kingdom of god it's my greatest fulfillment so we're gonna just pray tonight in this room i believe many of you you're going to be in this category of prioritizing the kingdom, just a small part of the kingdom of God. And we're just going to pray, you who are online, I want to pray over you. And just to get you back into your local church, you need to get into the local church and find out how you need to prioritize your world to serve a God who can change you for life. So, Father, I just pray now, Lord God, that we won't look down on the things that you've called us to to serve your kingdom. You are our good teacher. You have what we need. I pray over any young man or young woman who's been looking for fulfillment that today, even in this moment, you're saying. This is the word that you needed. This is the message. And if that's you, you're going to drop a comment in our little message box. Or if you're in this room, fill out that card and say, you know what? I need to get myself involved. I need to get connected. I need to go a little bit further than just showing up on Easter or Christmas. I need to be a little bit more involved in the prioritizing my life to get into the rhythm of the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you for your people. You're watching over them. You love them. You've called them your own. You called us your greatest investors. You want to partner with us. God is saying, I want to partner with you, sir, ma'am, young person. I'm partnering with you. And as you make those investments that are heart-led, that are led by his spirit, you're going to begin to see that he, he backs up his word. A hundred times more than what you give. He knows how to get you in lanes that you have never been able to be in. He knows how to put you on the greatest trip and adventure of your life. And this last area is embracing it that you're gonna embrace it. You're not doing it because anybody else is telling you, because when you're doing stuff because other people are telling you to do it, you won't be able to withstand the persecutions. But when you're doing it because you know you're doing it, because it's the assignment that God has assigned you to, you're able to withstand because God has called you to it. And then there's generational blessings. You begin to change lives around you, your family, your life. Father, I thank you that your hand is with your people that our hearts are receiving this word, that it's clear, and that everyone that will go back and look at this message, they will begin to say, I need to be a part of the kingdom. What must I do to be saved? Father, I thank you for it. You're doing the work in our hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, I have been privileged to share with you tonight. just want to remind you again that The next three Sundays, we will not be online. We're only going to be in the building because we're watching movies. So you kind of like today, you didn't get a chance to see the full clip. We can't show you it like that. So come in, enjoy it with us. Invite a friend. You guys are invited. So if you're in the Alabama area, you want to be here Sunday at 10 o'clock. It's free popcorn, a free movie, and we're going to begin to study the life and the lens of the gospel through these familiar blockbusters. We love you guys so much, and we will see you at 10 o'clock Sunday. Good night, guys. Let's give them a hand clap of praise as we dismiss. We appreciate you guys. Good night.